Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Happy Friday, December 15th. Let's get it, y'all. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. That makes this a great day. Now, lace up your Nike Air Monarch 4s, the ultimate dad sneaker, and let's talk sports. Today, I want to start the show with a birthday shout-out to my dad. Part of the reason that I went with the Nike Air Monarch 4 is because it is known as the ultimate dad sneaker. And I'm grateful to say that the Lord has blessed me with a great dad. Today on the show, we are talking about greatness. Is that you? Coming off our show on Tuesday, which was discussing surpassing greatness. Well, by God's grace, I have had a life where I have enjoyed a father who would tell you he was perhaps not perfect. He made mistakes, but consistently... He showed up and was present and sought to honor the Lord with his life, and he still does. And today's his birthday. I'm happy to say, happy birthday. My dad has never worn a pair of Nike Air Monarch 4s, but I think he would. And I want to say happy birthday to him. A sports memory for us between me and my dad. So, in 2005, I was a junior in high school, and the New York Mets signed Pedro Martinez. I was very excited about this signing. I thought it could give the Mets a legitimate ace. And every time Pedro Martinez made a start in that year, I would run around my dad. 17-year-old Brad would run around my dad in a circle, sometimes jump around him in a circle, patting my head, chanting, Pedro, 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 Pedro. And he put up with those shenanigans. I can remember as a kid, pretty much any time my dad and I were driving somewhere together, I would probably ask him a question like, Dad, who do you think the top five players in baseball are right now? And he would graciously tell me. And then later I would say, Dad, who do you think the top five baseball players 
all time are. And he would patiently bear with me. Even more importantly in my life, he took time to teach me about Jesus, to teach me that the word of God is important, and to teach me important lessons in life like don't spend more than you make. I'm grateful for him. Today's sneaker is the ultimate dad shoe, and my experience of my dad in so many ways has been ultimate. The Nike Monarch 4 was brought to me by a dedicated listener, Dustin from Columbus. I'm grateful for the recommendation. He sent me this recommendation of the shoe with a crying eye emoji laughing. And for all you people out there lacing these up, I pictured dads at the rec center teaching these young fellas at the YMCA how to hoop in their Nike Air Monarch 4 cross trainers. Showing up with the, the headband, the short shorts, which are popular now, so maybe you have to go back to the baggy shorts. The tube socks with the red striping. You step on the court, nobody thinks you have game, and then you skunk them. 12 nil, 12 to 2. Get out there, rep those Nike Air Monarch 4s today. Lace them up. Those are a few memories about my dad talking sports with him over the years. And uh, happy birthday. Boom, ching, cha, cha, cha. That's a thing. In our house, every time we have a birthday, always end the happy birthday song with a boom, ching, cha, cha, cha. So there it is. Speaking of family, the John Rahm to the Live Golf Tour saga continues. Um, he is not giving public interviews until the Live Golf season starts. Uh, partially as a stipulation of his transfer. What I think is interesting is how this is being covered. The details of the contract are slowly starting to come out more, and it looks like he's been paid well over $500 million to make the switch from the PGA to the Live Golf Tour. I bring this up coming off uh, talking about my dad because John is on record saying that this switch was about the money which I respect him being honest. You know, there's so many times where people sign a huge deal and say they left one team for another. Oh, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't. No, he, he's very clear. Uh, part of his calculus here, it was about the money. And I think Live Golf knows that it needed to be about the money. So he makes the switch. And I saw a, a piece covering his switch the other day. And the writer of that piece was saying that he has now secured generational wealth for his family so he can have peace of mind. And I was like, John Rahm, currently, in his career, has made a little more than $66 million in his PGA professional career. He's 29. And now he just signed a contract that's looking like it was north of $500 million. So now he has secured generational wealth for his family. What was the first $66 million? 
I mean, he would need some pretty expensive hobbies to not be able to pay his bills for his wife and his kids with the first $66 million. That is a silly... I mean, it's ludicrous. Oh, yeah, he set up generational wealth. Come on. The first $66 million is generational wealth. Let's, let's keep it straight here. Let's talk real. If the man had $66 million, he is in position to steward that money wisely and live his life in pretty much whatever way that he wants. And the same with uh, with Shohei Otani. It's always amazing to me when we hear sports coverage or, or sports talk and people are like, oh, he had to make the decision for his family. He was already worth $100 million, but he's doing this for his family. Setting up his family. His family was already set up. Now, maybe there's cases like Phil Mickelson where, you know, he was over the barrel a lot. I don't think that's the case with John Rom or Shohei. But I do want to make the point here briefly that just because somebody signs an enormous deal, yes, they were great at something to be eligible for that contract. But just because an enormous deal is signed does not mean that there is necessarily greatness evident in every part of what's going on in the situation. Again, the theme of this show today is greatness. Is that you? We are set up as humans, especially in American consumeristic culture sports culture to look around and be told that everyone else has something that we don't or is greater than we are. The comparison game the comparison game drives marketing. You don't have that? That guy does. You don't have the skill set of John Rom? No one's offering you a private Jet, maybe you're not living up to that standard. And then people start trying to live up to some unrealistic bar or measurement of success. Or we say crazy things like, Oh, $66 million. that doesn't secure the future of his family, but $566 million now, peace of mind. Money cannot provide peace of mind. Only God provides peace of mind, and comparison is a dry hole every time. Comparison will never give life. In John 3.30 in the Bible, John the Baptist had a large following and Jesus has been baptized and John the Baptist followers are asking him about the growing influence of Jesus. And John the Baptist response to them is he must become greater 
I must become less. In one simple sentence, I believe John the Baptist has defined what greatness, what true greatness looks like for us. Whether that's in parenting, whether that's in sport, whether that's in industry, whether that's in teaching, it is a posture. In this case, John was saying, Jesus must become greater. I must become less. That has to be the posture for the follower of Jesus. What glorifies Christ, what elevates Christ, is most important. I must become less. My reputation must become less. But that mentality then transfers, thinking of others before ourselves, then transfers into greatness in every sphere of life. Greatness, is that you? Well, does it look like somebody who inside the incredible skill set they have is making others around them better with those skills? Is their greatness marked by sacrifice? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be excited over an accomplishment. I'm not saying that because John Rahm took the money and went to the Live Golf Tour, uh, he's not a great golfer or that his golf skills are not great. But what I am interested in is now that John Rahm has these spectacular resources, now that Shohei Otani has these spectacular resources at their back, even before millions of dollars, even if you don't have much, say you have thousands of dollars, what is our vision for those resources. I would love to hear what Mr. Otani and Mr. Rom's vision, what are their big whys for this newly found treasure? Going back to my dad for a minute, my dad had some clear big whys in his life. One and two were pointing his family to the glory of God and that Jesus Christ is Lord. Being involved in the local church. Respecting the Bible as authority. And building a culture in his home where that was preeminent. Second was being present. And so many of the decisions him and my mom made were based around those two big whys. And it came through in how they lived their lives. And it still comes through in how they're living their lives. The experiences they gave to my brother and I. What is the experience of Jean Rahm and Shohei Otani in their newfound positions of finance? 
What are we doing with the successes that we have in our personal lives, in our professional lives? Greatness, is that you? Are the areas where you're talented, are the areas where you're great, making others greater? Or do you use the areas where you're great, the areas where you're talented, for your own self-serving purposes? The book has yet to be written. The stories have yet to be written for John Rahm and Shohei Otani and how they leverage this influence that they have recently come into, an expanded influence. But every single day in every single situation, don't we have influence that we're leveraging? Sure, I talk about these large scales here. And doesn't isn't that what sports does? It takes... Simple situations that we're all in and puts them in front of huge audiences. Often I will say on this show, go make plays. The arena that you're in today may not be one that's being viewed by the eyes of millions of, of viewers. But just like a player on the court or a player on the field, you're going to come into situations today where you need to do the right thing. What in your job is a pass or shoot situation? Where do you need to take responsibility? Where do you need to defer to somebody who may have a, a skill set that is better than yours? What kind of spirit are the fruits of the spirit on display? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these things, there are no law. And when those characteristics are present, I believe they're called soft skills in the world today. Excellent teams are built. And this idea of he must become greater, I must become less, comes through. You can be skilled. I heard Charles Barkley talking about Michael Jordan on a radio show a couple months back. And he said, nobody ever said Michael Jordan was nice. So he's been, he's great as a basketball player, great as a businessman. But is his greatness making other people Greater, Yes, maybe from a financial standpoint. A lot of people have made money because of Michael Jordan. But as far as their character, their big whys, is he making people greater? Are we making people greater? Mr. Rom, going to live golf, has put the PGA Tour in an untenable spot. Apparently this week there's negotiations between the PGA and the Live Tour to create a single entity. Um, Live Golf has the PGA Tour on the ropes. And I talked about this a little before. I'm going to wrap this up with this simple thought of the PGA Tour, a private business, is now in a fight for its life 
with an entity backed by a sovereign government. This is not a fair fight. And the PGA Tour knows it. This is like putting Mike Tyson in his prime in the boxing ring with Richard Simmons. It's not going to go well, but it would be a spectacle. We will see how that continues to unfold. We will see how the PGA Tour responds and what this new entity looks like. And we will see if we, each of us, the listener, can learn from these situations and continue to define our big whys. We're going to pivot now to Bradley's bloopers. Another dedicated listener, Steve from Lancaster, called me out for the show on Tuesday saying that I did not give Babe Ruth the respect for his pitching career that he deserves. And he sent me all these stats, and he's absolutely right. I did not give Babe Ruth the respect he deserved as a pitcher, and I stand here, and I'm going to correct it. In 1915, 1916, and 1917, Babe Ruth had 18, 23, and 24 wins. In 1916, he had a 1.75 ERA and started 44 games. He threw 323 innings. In 1917, he had 24 wins with a 2.01 ERA and 41 games. 326 innings. I stand corrected. Those are Cy Young caliber numbers. What I want to clarify about the point I made Tuesday about Shohei Otani is in 1915, 1916, and 1917, Babe Ruth also hit four home runs, three home runs, and two home runs. He does not hit 50 home runs for the first time until 1920. And he is done pitching. In 2022, Shohei Otani went 15-9 and with 219 strikeouts and a 2.33 ERA over 160 innings. While simultaneously hitting 273 with 34 home runs, 90 five RBIs, and 90 runs scored. So the point I was trying to make Tuesday and did not do clear enough is this. There is no player in baseball history who has done both at the elite level at the same time like Shohei Otani is right now. And that's what has set him up for this $700 million opportunity. To Steve from Lancaster's point, in single seasons, Babe Ruth has had a better individual season as a pitcher and a better individual season as a batter. But he was not pitching 
while he was great as a hitter, and he was not batting while he was pitching. Shohei Otani is unique in his, in his greatness of doing them both at the same time. Does this make him better than Babe Ruth? I don't think we can say that yet, particularly because Babe Ruth has won seven World Series, and Shohei Otani has not been on a playoff team at this point. Will Shohei live up to the $700 million deal? You could also count me a skeptic there. Maybe economically, his career will live up to it. But on the field, I think his numbers, in order to live up to that, have to do some of the things that I discussed on Tuesday's show, but even more, if he'd start to get into the Babe Ruth range in some offensive categories and the championship category, maybe then he earns $700 million. But, cheers to him. I would love to hear what his big whys are. He's reticent to give interviews, particularly to me, so I doubt I ever will. You know what? I don't doubt I ever will. Maybe one day me and Shohei will get to sit down and discuss it. You never know. Hey, you never know. Right? The NFL this weekend. We've got an NFL triple header on Saturday. Only found on NFL Network. Don't try to find it on broadcast TV. You're going to be looking for a long time. Just like the Chargers are still looking for their football team. They were pillaged last night by the Raiders. The Raiders were up 42-0 at the half. They ended up winning 63-21. Brandon Staley, I cannot imagine, will be invited back to coach the Chargers next year. Some would say, his career in Los Angeles has grown stale. Wow. In the spirit of, uh, of dads, that was a dad joke. This segment was sponsored by Dad Jokes. What happened? This was the first time in this show's history where I felt like I could have Done a what was that segment on the same team in the same week. The Raiders come off losing to the Vikings 3 to nothing to blowing out the Chargers 63-21. Perhaps this is a classic case of the Raiders were looking past the Vikings to the Chargers. Or maybe, unbeknownst to us, the general sports fan, I don't have insider information, Maybe Mark Davis just has turned the visiting locker room in Las Vegas into a casino. Maybe there's just like a lot of slot machines and in every player's locker, there's rolls of quarters. And they just started it this week. So when a visiting team comes into the locker room, there's just 
casino games everywhere. Blackjack dealers, the whole thing. And look at the impact. 63-21. The dice are hot. Saturday, we've got Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts. And the nightcap is the Broncos and the Lions. So, that is a great matchup. And then Sunday, the marquee matchups are Cowboys-Bills and the Ravens and the Jaguars. Other than that, there's a lot of games on paper on Sunday that look lopsided with a team with a significant amount of wins playing a team that doesn't have a lot of wins. But like we saw this past week, that could very well just be setting up the NFL for chaos. And the playoff run has already started for the Buffalo Bills. They need to keep winning. We'll see. That Cowboys-Bills game should be a good one. I didn't offer too many thoughts on Jaden Daniels from LSU winning the Heisman last weekend. What a, what a weekend of sports last weekend was. The Heisman Trophy presentation was also taking place. If I had a vote for the Heisman, I would not have voted for Jaden Daniels. My vote would have went to Michael Penix. Jaden Daniels is the first player to win the Heisman since 2016 when Lamar Jackson won for Louisville, where the team was not in contention for a national title. I know that the Heisman Trophy is given to the best player in the country, and Jaden Daniels' numbers were ridiculous. I concede. But those three losses, I think Michael Penix deserved to hoist the Heisman. But Jaden Daniels will not be playing in the CFP. Michael Penix has a chance to lift the national championship trophy. And I think if you asked Michael Penix, what would he prefer? To hoist the Heisman? Or to have the opportunity to hoist the natty? I think Mr. Penix would tell you the natty. I am grateful for you spending some time with the Pro Fan League podcast today. If you think of it, please tell your friends about this show. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple, on Spotify. Follow us on Podbean. That's really helpful to the show. Give comments. If you have shoe suggestions, email them to me at gibbs at profanleague.com. If you want to give a little story of why the shoe is meaningful, feel free. I appreciate your contributions. I appreciate the dedicated listeners of this show. I'm cheering for you. Go make plays. Today, remember that Jesus is the greatest. He must become greater. We must become less. Let's take a posture of servanthood. Thinking of others before ourselves today. Looking for opportunities to make others better with the gifts and talents that we've been given today. They're called gifts for a reason. They've been given to us by God. We cannot take credit for anything that we have. So yeah, let's utilize our gifts and present them to others as gifts that help them to become greater.
I hope you have an amazing weekend. Think about your big whys. I look forward, God willing, to being with you on Tuesday. Enjoy the sports. We are not just fans.